Tony joins us now. And Tony, I suppose six months ago you thought maybe this will happen, it could happen, should it happen, not sure. But a lot of work, some of it irritating, done by Duco Events, has actually pushed this to the foreground and now we have got it. We've got a reunification belt, a fight that everyone wants to see and uh, a lot of this is due to, to David Higgins. Like him or hate him. G'day, Tony, how are you? G'day, Darth. How you doing here? Look, six months, six, eight months ago, I would have said uh, they're dreaming if they thought they'd have it this early. Uh, because AJ, of course, is in huge demand and he's a massive hero in the UK, as a result of which some of what the JUCO boys have been saying, some of what Parker's camp have been saying, doesn't get said in the UK. And I noticed that journos are happy to pick up the phrases and repeat them. But the one thing that uh, Mr Higgins has done that I have to take my hat off to him for is that he looked like a complete idiot. He looked like a nut job at a press conference in the UK. And this was prior to Huey Fury. And the Fury camp objected to him. And people were hurling abuse and swearing at each other. And there was loads of trash talk. But the one thing that Higgins has, has absolutely managed to do, along with Joseph himself uh, and Kevin Barry, is that they managed to get a profile for Joe by getting Joshua to talk about him. And the way they got Joshua to be able to talk about him was they kept insulting him. And they just kept repeating the same line. Glass jaw, glass jaw. He's got a glass jaw. He's been on his bum. He gets knocked over in training camps. We've got the video evidence. And they just hammered that same thing. And uh, what it's done for them is... It's got them a match, but it's probably got them an extra three or four million pounds as well in the process. And uh, if people don't think that's true, well, that's a conservative estimate. I suspect if this all happens as per plan, there will be in excess of 60,000 people there. And I suspect that Joseph's camp, Joseph's side of the bargain, even with, uh, you know, a a 33, you know, or 30, 70 cut, they will still be in tens of millions in terms of return for this bout. And so even if Joseph lost, even if he didn't get another bout, even if he gave up, and he's always said right from the outset that he wants to quit by the time he's 30, he would still probably never have to work again. So this is a good payday. It's come very early. In fact, it's been a, a whole sequence of happy events right time right place for Parker and for Joshua with Tyson's demise I suppose Tyson Fury um, because of his drug issues and because he went a bit nutty and because of the whole um, Klitschko situation with initially with Tyson Fury and then later with uh, AJ Um, the whole thing has come together so that there are now three contenders really, uh, title holders, three contenders for unification of the whole weight division, which is, of course, what everybody, every fan wants to see. And so you've got Anthony Joshua, you've got Deontay Wilder, and you've got our own Joseph Parker. They all hold titles, and so each of them wants the other's titles, the other's belts. So that's a perfect scenario for generating a truckload of money and a lot of people through the gate and good pay-per-view, and well done, I say, to all of them. Yeah, well, you've got to give credit, don't you, to um, to David Higgins. I mean, he's a, a relative yeah. novice when it comes to the uh, the fine art of boxing promotion, and it is a fine art. There's a lot of people who have been doing this a very, very, very long time. He's fresh-faced, he's turned up, he's worked out the game, and he's made it work to his and to his fighters' advantage. I think we've got to applaud him for that. 
Well, that's the thing I would say is that he's figured out how to trash talk better than other people, even though he is, as you say, a novice in the promotion of heavyweight boxing. Trash talking always happens, and it's always designed to pump up the gate and to pump up everyone's income. That's why they do it. That's why they've been doing it for 100 years. But what he did was come in at a different angle. He came in with what he perceived to be a weakness that the UK press in general were never reporting. Now, any other, if this was the US, there would have been enough journos at training camps, you know what I mean, to have observed this. This would have been common knowledge. AJ has had an absolute cushion ride, an armchair ride, in that title because he won the Olympic Games in London and because he's their heavyweight champion and he's a lovely bloke and everyone likes him. And so the the journos, the press in general, have been exceedingly kind to him. And they haven't pushed too far in terms of the quality of the opponents he's faced, which frankly are no better than Parker has faced. And so this secret, as it was, that he's got a bit of a glass chin that he does tip over, um, they just seized on that and repeated it and repeated it and repeated it so that the press can't ignore it. And that has done two things. One, it sowed some seeds of doubt in, in Anthony Joshua's mind. You can absolutely guarantee that. And it's got Parker a profile in the UK, which will earn him a lot of money. So his comments this morning, Tony Palmer's joining the program uh, made by Joe Parker, which were a brush to one side, if you call it that, uh, by Higgins. Interesting, foolish, uh, ill-prepared. What do you make of that? Because throwing out a a steroid accusation at anyone in sport, especially at this level, probably on your not-to-do list, right, Tony? I think that the, what they've got to be cautious about and what they need to watch right now is that this has been a very controlled message so far. It's been unconventional in the way it's been delivered, but it has been a controlled message and it has been a singular message. And if you just start the old trash talk and scattergun approach and throwing insults willy-nilly in a, in a situation where a guy is well-loved by his local fans, I think that will be counterproductive. You've got to be good at it to do it. You've got to be consistent to do it. You've got to know what you're going to say before you say it. And up until now, that's what they've done. This morning sounded like off the top of the head with a bit of jet lag. <laughs> and that's putting it politely. What about, <laughs> what about the actual fight itself? Uh, and we all know that we haven't seen the best of uh, Explosive Joseph, Jurassic Parker, in his last couple of fights, and this can be due down to him. Also, the nature of his opponent as well it hasn't tended to be a, a good match if you will, if you get down to the, the bare bones of it, where does the favouritism lie with this? If you can sit and separate your own New Zealand fandom from it, which I'm sure you can, Tony, is this all about uh, it's going to be a tough job for Parker? Or do you think he might actually have something? Well, you'd have to say that the favouritism, if you're being objective, lays with Anthony Joshua. He's a big, strong bloke. He's got a very good shot on him. Uh, he hits pretty hard. He's relatively accurate. But the other side of that argument that I find intriguing, and I have known this for for a couple of years, right from the outset, the Parker camp, Kevin Barry and the others, Kevin's brother, I've had numerous conversations with them. They've always fancied their chances against Joshua's style, more so than some of the awkward opponents they've faced. They've always thought they had a really good shot against uh, Anthony Joshua, simply because he is quite one-dimensional in the way he boxes. He doesn't have great complex combinations. He tends to fire single shots or one-two off the back of a jab. He doesn't do anything terribly inventive. And yes, he's big and strong. He's not especially fast, 
but he doesn't have, you know, very complex or very well thought out combinations, which is what Parker does have. And if he gets the opportunity, I think they will be enough. There'll be enough shots in a combo to confuse Joshua's defence, which is what they'll be setting out to do because they want to get at his chin. And that chin that they call glass, are they right? Are they on the money or is this just part of their general progression? I haven't been there in person to witness any of it, but I've certainly read enough different accounts from various sources around the world that suggest he has been tipped over many times, uh, especially in training camps where the intensity gets up a bit. Um, So you would have to say that he is vulnerable uh, to a decent left hook, for example, which Parker can deliver. That's what they'll be looking to do. I expect that they will start about working body almost exclusively. They'll probably pop in behind a jab, but then when they can get in close enough, they will work the body to bring the hands down, and then they'll be looking for a hook or an uppercut. And it's all going to happen come Easter, come April Fool's Day, whatever you want to call it. It's going to be a wonderful time. I'm so looking forward to the next 10 weeks, this great big lead into what is going to be one of these sporting events of 2018. And then when we get Ortiz, uh, who's going to uh, tip Wilder up, possibly, and then we'll get the combo for all of them, and that is going to be some fight, Tony. I'm not going to leave you alone over 2018. You know that. Thanks very much for your time. (laughs) And funnily enough, Daz, I think Ortiz and Wilder is a more interesting bout than the one we're talking about.